Welcome to the Digital Week, where we aim to make sense of the new economy in under 15 minutes a week. Thanks for listening. It's brought to you by the PwC Chair in the Digital Economy. You'll find us at www.chairdigitaleconomy.com or follow us on Twitter at chairdigeconomy. Also, we're open to really receiving your feedback. I'm Monica Bradley. See you in the Digital Week. Welcome to the Digital Week. I'm Monica Bradley, and today I'm here with Dr. Paula Dudson from the PwC Chair in the Digital Economy, and her area of study, which we're looking at today, is consumer deviance. Hi, Monica. How are you going? I'm good. Thanks, Paula. I'm fascinated with this consumer deviance. Uh, we've had positive deviance, which we did with Willem, around trying to identify hidden um, positive behaviour within organisations um, like Australia Post and Libraries. But this con- this consumer deviance is a whole other level. Can you tell us a little bit about your area and, and what is consumer deviance? Sure. So consumer deviance includes any behaviours that are either against the law or violate some organisation's policy or is non-normative, so something that wouldn't be considered acceptable uh, in the marketplace. So for example, you could be lying about how many people are staying in your hotel room to avoid paying the extra person charges. You could steal at the self-checkout, you could illegally download, you could lie about something, say it was stolen when in fact you lost it to claim the insurance money. And okay. And how does that work in terms of um, the types of companies that are interested in this behavior, in this area of study, and how they then apply it into their businesses? So, I guess, for instance, retail probably sounds like an area that would be really interested in this with the evolution of some technology at the checkout point or at different points along the retail chain. Could you maybe unpack a little bit about how retailers use your type of information and research to modify their processes or their systems? So, for example, there are a number of high-theft items that tend to be targeted in stores like shaving razors. Really? They're quite, yeah, they're quite quite expensive, <laughs> okay. at least the razor head replacements. Okay. Uh, a lot of the things that happen in the toiletry aisles, so you'll notice uh, in some stores that'll be the one aisle where there's a lot of messages reminding you that you're sh- if you're shoplifting, you are being watched as opposed to any of the other aisles. But what's interesting in in the retail space at the moment is with the self-checkouts, there's an opportunity for people to misrepresent what they're scanning through. So, you know, we've seen recently these stores have been selling a lot more carrots than they've actually been stocking. Uh, wow. Yeah, or just not swiping the item through at all. Right. So, is and I read recently about this in the commercial newspapers here in Australia. I mean, there was a very big estimate of what this theft is costing, right? It's definitely a very large problem, and yet what's interesting from the consumer's perspective is they think that they're just winning on a few dollars, but what they don't realise is that if every consumer walks through that store and lies about their organic tomato being a regular tomato, then that adds up quite significantly. Right. And so the digital, our interest in it from the chair in the digital economy is, I guess, how could the new technology that we have, whether it be the internet things or sensors or near fields or RFID, how all that complex interplay of machinery and technology might be either enabling, in the case of self-checkout, it enables a new process, but it's opened up a, a, a negative in that process in that there's a higher rate of, therefore, misdeclaration. On the other hand, how could it be then part of how we might modify the behaviour back to normative. Yeah, well, that's a really interesting opportunity rather than a problem because with the self-checkout, for example, there's a lot of reliance on consumers being able to understand where to find the different vegetables and how to scan things through properly. 
But then with the new Amazon Go, they've sort of store, they've kind of taken out the need to rely on humans to understand the technology that's happening and everything's done for them in the background. So you walk out of the Amazon Go store and you're just charged for the item. So there's some interesting opportunities in how technology is now improving that process because right now retailers have to balance between wanting the customer to have a good experience at the self-checkout at potentially at the cost of theft. Right, I've got it. So the Amazon attracted a lot of attention this week and, and I guess most of it was about the mystique of what technology are they using because they were quite mysterious, were they not? Yes, they were. So it's you know, they were joking on a parody Anything Goes video uh, that, you know, can just walk in and steal and there's somehow some magic that might catch you. Uh, but that's what's interesting from my perspective of consumer deviance is that how will they know whether you're taking something off the shelf or whether you're putting it back or whether you're walking out with multiple items? I'm not sure on the technology, but I'd be very interested to find out how that all works. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, I also think, you know, as we sit here at, at uh, Queensland University of Technology, we were just this morning over in the robotics lab. And, you know, of course, they've got robots that see now that are identifying, you know, cr uh, crown of thorns starfish on the reef and they're actually automatically just, you know, identifying them with their eyes as a robot and then destroying them. You know, surely we could apply that sort of technology to being able to see my groceries and charge me appropriately. Surely, you would definitely think so. And I would not consider myself a, a techno geek at all. I'm not sure how anything really works in that space. But what's interesting about the robots, uh, as they're being used more and more in the service space, so for example, I was reading recently, a, a hotel chain has now adopted a robot to check you in, uh, take you to your room. And if you have any room service requests, they'll bring the items to you. And it's, it's just a robot. But what we need to consider from the consumer deviance perspective is how we design those robots so that we can have appropriate human interactions with them uh, and afford them the same respect that we would afford uh, interacting with another human. Uh, so, for example, there's some interest now in whether or not robots should be made taller than us or shorter than us. Oh, interesting. And they, yeah. they, they suggest they should be made shorter so that we don't feel overwhelmed by them or inferior to them. Uh, and they've got to make them look quite cute to engender some kind of empathy from us right. um, as humans because if we don't feel empathy, we're more likely to mistreat them or you know, yeah. steal from them in whatever way that they're being used. I've actually just recently done got some preliminary data on how um, banks could potentially use robots and whether or not people are more likely to steal from the robot versus stealing from the teller versus stealing from the ATM itself. Um, so watch this space. There could be some interesting insights coming out for banks wow. and their customer service. How on earth does one, st without you know the help <laughs> of a shotgun and something highly illegal, how does one steal from a teller? So if they will give you too much change, are you likely to return oh, it? Okay. Are you likely to just walk away Or if away the ATM gives you an extra 50 you Exactly. Know. And they haven't charged you, so it is a free free amount of money, what happens next? Right, that's fascinating. Mm. Um, so do you think that the robot will expect a tip when he comes and delivers my bags to the room in the hotel like the New York people always do? <laughs> I hope not, but who we knows? You a Bitcoin, we... right? Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to tip the drone when it drops off your Domino's pizza? Wow. I can see so many applications of your area of study across the technology landscape that we're privileged to be able to, you know, examine with the broad scape that we have at the PwC Chair in the Digital Economy. I mean, there's you know, items around you know, the work we're doing now with the um, Australian Tax Office, looking at new ways of how public good might be funded, um, which again is, you know, I guess if we look at taxation around the world, it's a classic area where people, you know, often do misrepresentation, let's call it. 
Yes, definitely taxes, the most socially acceptable deviant behaviour, lying on your taxes. Uh, and actually there's some interesting work on simple manipulations that could get people to be more inclined to pay their taxes, such as instead of at the end of filling out your tax form where you declare, yes, everything on here is honest and accurate, if you move that disclaimer to the beginning before you fill out any of your tax form, that actually could potentially decrease the amount of lying that goes on. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And then, of course, there is just ways we can design um, the human element out of it so that perhaps we're using big data to gather your data from a number of sources to pre-populate, you know, with things like Xero and um, let's say Google Pay where we're using voice activation that's now automatically if this then that going into my expense account. Things are, are flowing there where I actually don't have to write out what is this expense, right? Yeah, so. and that's great and that's a great way to overcome any kind of lying on behalf of the consumer. Uh, but then again, another area of interest for me in the digital space is with all these efficiencies and with all the data being pre-known, what are the privacy issues or the risks associated with that? And is is that going to be balanced into the future? I was really interested in um, what you, we, we've talked a couple of times on the, the Digital Week podcasts about the trade-off between experience and convenience. Um, and that often, so if we're looking at things like the tax office, you know, one of the very early um, works we did in the disruptive workplace was to say, could we give people a discount to pay their taxes immediately upon when the transaction took place? So if you're a contractor and you're sending an invoice to one of you, could you get a discount to pay it now um, as opposed to waiting a full calendar year or until the end of that financial year to then add up all your invoices and declare them? Um, so I guess there's kind of these areas about consumer deviance with different value offerings. Yes, definitely. And there's a lot of literature to say that if you want someone to do something, make it easy. And, yeah. you know, that sounds like a really easy way to get people to comply with their tax requirements. Yeah. But it's also bringing in, which is a great aspect that you've talked about, was really the element of design, right? So processes, systems, you know, a lot of the work in the chair in the digital economy, you know, we're focused on this new economy that's highly technology. But each of those technologies need to be placed within a process that is designed. You know, I walk into a store or I go to an online store or I complete my taxes using some online form. All of those are are designed processes. I'm really interested in how does design, you know, how can that design be used maybe to modify or reduce um, this consumer deviant behaviour? Yeah, definitely. And I hope that in my time at the PwC Chair in the Digital Economy, I'll be able to look into this idea of designing out deviance. So I don't want to be the, the negative person in the room every time someone comes up with something innovative, but just say, oh, just think, consumers could abuse it in these five yeah. ways. Let's pre-think about that. Let's pre-build that in. You know, if we're using mobile payments in stores, uh, is there a way that when they walk in the store, it could say, hi, Monica, welcome to Coles or Woolworths or wherever you want to shop. Uh, just so you know you've been geo-identified and so you feel a little bit more monitored uh, in that store space. Wow, so that's kind of the equivalent of making the declaration at the beginning of the tax return as opposed to the end. So if I'm aware that you've welcomed me into the store, I kind of feel like you're in my pocket with me. Yeah. So if I'm going to put something else in the pocket that I didn't <laughs> check out, it might be, you might be able to see it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Thank you for spending some time with us today, Paula. Thank you so much, Monica. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And we'll see you shortly again on The Digital Week.